Hi. If you're going to be doing any shopping on Amazon, we ask you to consider going to duckfeed.tv slash tipjar, where you can use the links that we have put there in order to go to the same Amazon you're used to, uh, except every purchase you make, uh, a small portion of what you pay goes to us. It helps support the network. It helps pay for our hosting, etc., and down the line. Once again, that link is duckfeed.tv slash tipjar, and we thank you uh, for taking the extra step. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfire Side Chat. It is the true dragon favorite. <laughs> and this week, we are reading your responses to uh, the Arch Dragon Peak area of Dark Souls 3. Uh, as usual, we let uh, uh, Callum uh, slash Aegon of Astora, we let him go. Uh, but we encourage you to go check out all of Callum's uh, YouTube videos, uh, playthroughs, his uh, podcast that he does with uh, Richard Pilgrim and, Richard Pilbeam and yeah. uh, uh, Redgrave. Um, yep. uh, and oh gosh, who's the other guy? The Ashen, Hollow. Be, Ashen Hollow. There we go. I'm so sorry. Ashen Hollow. Um, all that stuff over on, uh, over on YouTube and on Twitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we've, uh, and thank you guys for responding uh, about this area. We have reached peak arch dragon mm-hmm. uh, with these responses. I'm so I'm going to go ahead and get started here uh, with Eric by contact says, uh, thank you for adding those back in. <laughs> I was going to say them anyway. So, um, <laughs> Eric says by contact. So you make your way down into the dungeon. You sit down next to the dragon dudes. A cutscene starts. Right before the loading, uh, right before the loading screen, the screen goes black, and you hear a loud screech or roar. Do you guys think this is a crow? Do you think it's the little winged demons that carry you over there? Does a dragon carry you over there? What is the answer? <laughs> uh, okay, just, of, just picture him like grabbing the loose light bulb hanging from the ceiling and like holding it in my face. Yeah, talk. <laughs> Where um, is the microfilm? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a, a dragon of the mind. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, your mind dragon, mind dragon, braindragon.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's an app that gamifies medica- meditation. Mm, yeah. Um, um, uh, distinct from braytondragon.com, which is your source for all fan art of Brayton Cameron as a dragon. Oh my God. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> the, me and Brayton have been talking about, cause we've both been kind of sick. And he's talking about <laughs> wanting to go into the Odin sleep. And then we were talking about the Brayton sleep. <laughs> which is the, the phase you go into beforehand okay but how how funny is the concept of the odin sleep like Rodin's just like i am tired <laughs> thor and loki you guys fight for a little while run my kingdom i'm just gonna i'm just gonna skip a century it's yeah it'll be fine and then be super mad when everything goes to shit while i'm sleeping fuck you odin <laughs> but uh yeah he, the brayton if you want to draw a picture of brayton as a dragon or brayton going into the brayton sleep uh, <laughs> You definitely can. I was totally going to to the Brayton sleep. There were two nights where I got like 15 hours of sleep this it's week. It's fantastic, man. The Brayton yeah. sleep is good. Oh, yeah. Like the best thing about Brayton. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Um, There's so many good things about Brayton. I wouldn't be able yeah. to tell. Yeah, he pays his fucking rent on time. That's <laughs> one thing about uh, you know, that's just a matter of respect. I, you know, if we start if we start congratulating that, I I, I think we will have seeded some very important ground. 
he issues uh, relevant to Brayton respect <laughs> before he goes to Brayton sleep and then goes to Brayton work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to answer uh, Eric's uh, question without references to Brayton, uh, no, it's we we address this in the episode that it's uh, uh, explicitly the meditation, most likely. Yeah, that, that's what we think. Yeah, but uh, it is definitely not uh, explicit. Right. Okay. Now there is. Michael writes via contact. Man, this area has some of the most annoying encounters in the game. Those huge axe-wielding snake men are the worst. That aside, I liked that the ancient wyvern fight uh, was one of the puzzle bosses that I'd been sorely missing, even if it did take me way too long to figure it out. I ended up breaking my stubbornness with the peak and eventually decided to co-op with friends, and it was much more fun. Uh, we even ended up talking, uh, uh, taking out the nameless King on our third try, which just blew my mind. My co-op buddies were clearly much better than I, but I lived. So that's all that matters, right? Yeah. yeah. Any way you can get through it. Mm-hmm. There's no honor in, in video games. Yep. I was going to say not in dark souls, but I can expand that. <laughs> no, and there's, you know, just, uh, whatever way you had fun is, is the right way to play. Yep. Whichever one you walk away from. Yep. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the puzzle boss, I mean, there's. I think there's a lot of puzzle bosses in this game. Um, I, I don't know that everyone sees Yorm and uh, Wolnir as puzzle bosses, but that's how they seem to me. So yeah, uh, seems puzzle heavy. Yeah, um, especially, Vol- especially Yorm. But, well, yeah, well, yeah. Or no, I was going to say uh, Volnir more more explicitly. Oh. Especially both of them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't so. we all be a, a, a extra a special? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is definitely uh, this is a, a puzzle boss heavy entry in the series. The um, John says via contact. I just wanted to write in to say that I love the feeling of this area, especially for a bonus or optional area in the game. This particular area felt uh, completely different than everything else in Dark Souls 3 and perhaps most things in Dark Souls generally. First, I love the architecture. While the majority of Dark Souls is very dark fantasy with gothic architecture, I mean, how many giant churches can you fit in a single game from? Um, <laughs> this felt completely separate. The area seems to have relied heavily on ancient Roman or ancient Greek architecture with the color, uh, light-colored stones cobbled together in the formation of more of a coliseum than anything else. Second, I love how bright this area is in contrast with the rest of the game. There were sunny areas, and there were areas that were covered in uh, brilliant snow. But this area has that beautiful blue skies uh, with the sun at its peak. The brightness of this area, combined with the light-colored stones and the dead trees and the general disheveled nature of the buildings, makes this place feel old, burnt out, and deserted. I wish they had done something uh, a little bit more spectacular for the home of the ancient dragons, such as having wyverns flying around like the dragon shrine in Dark Souls 2, or something to give it the atmosphere, give the atmosphere a little bit more oomph. But as it stands, this area is already amazing. I was a little bit let down with how easy the ancient wyvern was once you figure out the tricks, but this is balanced out by two things. First, the dragon fights in Dark Souls are usually not good. They're usually too difficult or too cheese-oriented, either on the side of the player or on the side of the boss. Second, the Nameless King more than makes up for the difficulty drop in the first base uh, boss in the optional area. Yeah, it does. But that's like saying that's like I made fish sticks. They're they're burned on the outside, but frozen in the middle. So they'll be all right. You know? <laughs> so it all evens out. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, that, 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 that's a good point about the uh, about the visual design of this, though, that it does. Mm-hmm. You know, things are made of a different material that has yeah. aged much more poorly than than most everything else actually well and it's explicitly like i like that you know the point about it being dark souls 3 specifically but dark souls in general just being full of old kind of european churches like this is a place of worship but has a distinctive like eastern feel to it yeah 
you know, it, it is a different kind of culture and it makes it feel like a different culture, you know, as opposed to just being like, oh, this could be from the Dark Ages, you know? Yeah. Um, like the, the, the outfits of the deacons of the deep wear could just be clothes that, you know, a priest wears. <laughs> right. Like this does feel alien in a way that is additive. Yeah. I dig it. Um, and it kind of makes me wish that the dragon shrine didn't just have like that Anna Orlando bit mm. sticking out of it, like the cathedral side of it, because yeah. most of, most of, most of the dragon shrine is actually separate and distinct. Um, until you yeah. get to that final that final ascent. So something we didn't talk about, but like the area where you do the the drop on the ancient wyvern, like that's that's explicitly scaffolding, right? Like that's what it looks like. It, yeah, I mean it's it, it feels like scaffolding, um, but it also feels a little bit like uh, um, temporary fortification, almost. Like we saw a little yeah. bit of that in like one one, like in Bulletaria Palace. Yeah, um, just around like okay, here are the here's here's the actual solid structure, and then the the places that people actually navigate are going to be wooden stuff that is you know kind of like attached to it. Like it, it almost feels like they are like either they're fortified to something with like if so what, or they're expanding, and if so why. Yeah, you know, like it definitely does feel a little bit odd that there are these temporary structures uh, there. I'd be curious, um, you know, if anybody has any ideas about that. Yeah. Uh, the nameless king writes via contact. Uh-oh. I hate those roly poly fire spitting rock dudes. Fuck them. That is all. Thanks, guys. Uh, fuck, them. <laughs> fuck them. Please, please do. Please. <laughs> fuck them. Then pick up my laundry, and then <laughs> <laughs> if you do me a favor and just fuck these rock dudes. Yeah. These rock cuties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well all right then <laughs> who, who, um, who am i to protest uh <laughs> no um i i normally w- wouldn't include something this short i just like the idea of the nameless king saying ah my yeah. kingdom my <laughs> kingdom is overrun we just these, infested with these little shits you know, these little rock shits it's what we have instead of pigeons <laughs> um like i'll pick up ryan here who says via contact i've never had a more polarized reaction to an area than i did to arch dragon peak uh, the optional areas in Souls games are usually incredible. I'm often amazed at the quality of the content From is willing to hide from the player. The painted world is probably one, uh, my my the painted world is probably my fa- my favorite single stage from any game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what the prof- <laughs> but what in the profaned flaming fuck <laughs> is going on with this place? Uh, when I first got here, I was very impressed with the visuals. The long dead figures scattered about sitting in dragon pose. The gorgeous crisp blue sky, a rarity in Souls games. I was really into it. And then Dark Souls 3 cranked the Wayback Machine up to 11 and it lost me. For the record, I was pretty on board with the callbacks up to this point. I loved seeing Andre again, even though it didn't make a lick of sense. Finding Lucatiel stuff reminded me of how much pathos her story had in Dark Souls 2. I was even half okay with the super dumb use of the sunlight altar in this game. Uh, but when a beam of light appeared in front of me and Havel the Rock came charging out of it, I literally stood up from my couch and said, come the fuck on, Dark Souls. Uh, um, nothing feels more forced than taking a beloved character from a previous game and literally summoning them up from the ground with no context whatsoever. Also, while the final boss of this area looks cool design-wise, it stands as the only boss, including optional ones, in the entire series that I was not able to beat solo. And when I say boss, I'm talking about the camera. Oh, and Solaire's cannon ruined forever. Literally unplayable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yep. Like, I, not not quite as down on that stuff, but it's I. that's me now. Like, at the time, I was pretty pissed off about Havel showing up. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, I'm I'm beat down by it at this point. Like, yeah. you know, there, there's an element of just, like, the the callbacks. Like, I, I dislike them immensely. You either do or you don't. 
Mm-hmm. Like dig him. I'm kind of out of things to say about him. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a little bit of uh, like variability here because what they're what, what what Ryan is saying is that when they found the first uh, the 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 snake summoner, instead of getting the Drake Blood Knight, which kind of makes sense, like that's just a random kind of dude who I could see. You know, that's yeah, that, they, that they're, they're lasted a long here. time. Yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. that made a little bit of sense. Just like <laughs> Ryan got a bad role, and then all of a sudden, here comes Havel. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that Havel. Or, or at least a Havel Knight being here is a little bit kind of like, okay, roll my eyes. It works infinitely better if you first encounter him up on the roof next to that dead dragon. Yeah. I would say. It is, uh, you know, the, the it could be worse. Like, this is, you know, that's not useful as a statement in general, I think. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Havel shows up. But Gary, those but Gary the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, uh, you know, Krusty, Krusty will get here. The, um, it doesn't, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't, here's Havel. And then here comes like Seath at the end of this, you know, riding, you know, somebody riding on Seath or mm-hmm. here is, you know, literally a dragon we've seen be- from before. Mm-hmm. Like part of me, you know, like, yes, we kind of find the corpse of Calamia, but part of me was like, oh, this is where like, we're just going to fight Calamite again, mm-hmm. or we're just going to fight. Like, so it is a new boss fight, even if it is an old character, like could be worse. Yep. Not that that does very much, but it is, uh, or you could fight Solaire at the end, you know, but no, they're <laughs> saying that for the end boss. Um, yeah, uh, which I'll explain in that episode because some people <laughs> still think that's, you know, think I'm joking. Um, <laughs> that says by contact, by contact. I think this is my absolute most hated boss in the entire Soulsborne series, but at the same time, this fight could probably be easily fixed for me with one minor change. Fight in an arena that is not just nondescript gray clouds. The fact that everything is gray, swirling clouds with no points of reference, I find myself having problems judging distance and size throughout the fight. I can't tell if I'm close enough to land a hit. I can't tell if they're close enough to me. Uh, So I find myself running up too close, particularly on the Storm King portion, missing my target, losing sight of what I'm supposed to be hitting and getting hit uh, by some attack. I couldn't possibly see coming uh, much the same as Gary's complaint about many of the bloodborne bosses. Am I alone in this issue? Um, I don't think you're alone in it. Um, I think that like I was, I have issues that like, you know, f- diverted me before this one came up, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm too frustrated by other things for this <laughs> to even get to where it bothers me Yeah, with this boss fight. I can see it. You know, it's a similar problem to um, four Kings. Or mm-hmm. uh, Rom, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I, 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 either of those have very similar kind of arena situations. Um, that could be a big deal. Like, think about it. A lot of a lot of boss arenas are kind of set in these areas that have tile, where you know, even even if you do have kind of walls that are providing you with uh, with with little little bit of perspective, and you have these kind of pillars that are providing a little bit of that here, like the perspective of the tiles and the way that the lines are going actually help, does help you kind of like line up and gauge a distance. I could like totally, it's a grid. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could totally see it. Um, and for this, just like you said, so much other stuff got in the way before, but like this was not the fatal flaw in this fight. Yeah. And in it's, fact, it doesn't, like it, it, it looks neat, but it doesn't add anything to it mechanically. Like, I think that you're probably right that yeah. like, this is a, it, dark mark on it yeah it's it's weird because like i love this fight aesthetically the arena is part of that aesthetic like i don't know maybe i was so blinded by it that i didn't actually see how much of an effect that had yeah i i also think that like the one of the things i like about four kings where that is kind of a problem is that like four kings demands less precision yeah so this is all about spacing this fight uh four kings like you just want to get up there 
Mm-hmm. Like you have to close that initial distance and that lack of reference point actually does a really cool thing every time I fight the Vorgings mm-hmm. where I get close close to them before I think I'm going to. Yep. <laughs> it has this feeling, this effect of like it being a rush at the very end, which isn't happening. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, oh shit, I'm right there, you know? Um and that's really, really cool. But yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter where I'm at in that fight. You know, it matters it, incredibly where you're at in this fight. Yeah. Uh given that like uh it is, you know, the hardest fight in the game and getting hit once is dire. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Luke writes, yes, the sky is a beautiful Sega blue. Yes, Mm. we've got. (laughs) Yes, we've got another location where people are turning into dragons. Yes. The return of the gloriously punned man serpents. Um, uh, Nobody cares about any of that. Let's talk about the nameless king. I loved this. I love this fight. Obviously, it was one of the hardest bits of the game. uh, Sorry. Obviously, it was one of the hardest bits of game ever pressed to a disc. Uh, But it was fair. His moves were dodgeable and blockable. His boss run was a matter of walking a few feet, and the fight was mano a mano in an open arena. For some reason, I I always made it a point of pride to beat every boss in the Soul series without summoning, and this was no exception. The constant attempts and re-attempts took me right back to fighting the Capra Dema, uh, Capra Demon, rather, as a fresh-faced newcomer to Dark Souls. Eventually, I used the same technique to beat the Nameless King that I did to beat Capra. I poked my headphones in and I listened to the pl- listened to a playlist of Taylor Swift and Katy Perry singing along to Red. I finally slayed Gwyn's firstborn and gave a roar of triumph. I'm not normally a big fan of the Dark Souls is hard narrative. Um, as that's never been the main draw of the series. But winning duels like this is always a great feeling. Uh, P.S. Um, on the subject of Dark Souls difficulty advertising, I did the Hot Wings Challenge here in the U.K. Oh, wow. They were all right. Hey, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. um, um, nothing's better than all right wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like that. I just the only thing that like, so so the it's it's the boss run is not like just a quick, jump and then a mono mono fight though because you have to fight the dragon every single time you know Mm -hmm. like it i get that like even people who i know who like this boss fight a lot don't generally like that aspect of it um but i've I've definitely heard some apologists with the dlc boss where like it's a similar thing where if you use a certain number of estus in the first phase or two yeah like you might as well just start over and who kind of grew to like that a lot and i it's never worked for me no no so it's i think that this would you know and i said in the episode like if it was literally just you walk in and it's a duel um you know i don't think i would love this boss because a lot of the problems i have with it would still be a thing but like i would like it a lot more (laughs) i wouldn't have that feeling of like defeated frustration and disrespect (laughs) that i have at the end of it yeah i i I, I literally wouldn't feel like i was like stuck in the middle of a lake in a boat with a broken propeller yeah (laughs) You know, and it's like, yes, I can get there, um, you know, but like there's the, just that uh, that feeling of being worn down. I wouldn't be as worn down. It would just be about the fight. Yeah. But that 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 decision to make it a two phase fight every single time makes it not about that duel to right. me. You know, it becomes too meta. Um, I would have done that hot wings challenge. Like if it were if I found it 100 mm-hmm. percent, like I like some hot wings, man, and I can yeah. I can handle hot wings. I would have so. watched you. <laughs> that's it. it's making me i have some leftovers in the fridge and that's mm. making me want to go across the street and get hot wings yeah you are dangerously close to a fire on the mountain hot wings place dude i found a place uh that deli- a sandwich shop that delivers by my house yeah uh that like we're kind of like don't have a lot of delivery around us 
Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Pizza Wise is only a couple of good places, but this sandwich place is fucking legit and like dangerous legit. <laughs> like it's very good at any given time. I'm like, I could spend $12 and just get a really good sandwich. <laughs> yep. Like I shouldn't, uh, but man, I can't, yeah, but I, but I totally could. I'm I'm 100% going to go get some wings. I'm just going to get enough to make like, so I can eat my, my food I have here on the side mm-hmm. and get wings as a main course. Fuck it. <laughs> you, you, you did it. You did it, Luke. <laughs> you convinced me. Not about the nameless game. He mentioned um, wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing about it that made, <laughs> that made him work for me is he said they were hot though. And I'm like, man, I got, kind of got this cold going on. Like something really hot. Well, oh, clear something me to out. help like, like move your, move your sinuses. Yeah. Yeah, I want. I want to. I want to make up some. Make some room. I, want, I need to evict something inside my face. <laughs> um, Ian says via contact. Uh, have you ever tried something and immediately knew you weren't going to like it? That's how the nameless king felt to me. It took a modest uh, two deaths to kill the king of storms, and while it wasn't winning any awards, it was a fun enough fight. Phase two hits, and I'm pumped. I write in my shield. I heft my greatsword, and get promptly pounded into the dirt. Cloud. Uh, I tried several more times. But no matter what, I could never survive more than an attack or two uh, once phase two hit. I couldn't even get a good read on his moveset before uh, I would get sunlocked and killed. I always like to play a tough customer with a big shield, uh, weapon, and heavy armor, but you simply cannot play that way against the Nameless King. I can only block two swings before I was out of stamina and wide open. I would either need to completely uh, change my build or just walk away, and I chose the latter. The fight felt so unfair and stacked against me that I didn't even feel mad, just kind of incredulous. Uh, this brings up a, a thing that we didn't talk about as far as that difficulty um, thing. And when we talk about one hit kills or one combo kills is they discourage learning. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm not going to ultimately win, having a boss fight that isn't so punishing is useful because I get to see more of the boss fight so I can learn. Like that is, that is a core value of the boss fights in this game yep. or the series <clears throat> is like being able to learn uh, you have to be able to make mistakes to learn and letting you make one mistake just makes learning slow to a crawl. Yes. You know? Yeah. No, so. no disagreements. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike writes in via contact saying, when I got to the nameless King on my first playthrough, I was using a, a glass cannon sorcerer. Having burnt out all my embers on the Lorian and Lothric fight, I went it alone. It only took me three or four tries and I beat him. And I remember thinking that was a good fight, but not too hard. Shortly after beating the game, I went online and saw that most people considered him to be the hardest boss in the game. Seeing that uh, got me <laughs> got into my head. Sorry, seeing that got me into my got. Nah. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. Seeing that got into my head, and since then, I've never beaten him solo. Oh no, <laughs> I, I've never done a like a magic playthrough of this game because the beginning is really tough. Yep. Uh, if I ever play Dark Souls 3 again, which like I might not, but if I do, I will play a dedicated caster because I believe that something like this might be a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I read online that like a fully upgraded crossbow, like a, a good crossbow also makes this fight really doable. Yeah, that's the thing I saw on the wiki as well. I, I just It's hard to tell how much credence to put into that because it's like, all right, well, what you, what you got to do, it's like somebody telling you how to make a bong. You got to take four dung pies. You got to throw them in yeah. between these attacks. <laughs> Yeah, just transcribing the exact thing that they did. Yeah. You know, it, it's not like a general guiding principle. It's like somebody telling you how to play R-Type by saying, like, go up or left for <laughs> two seconds, then go right, then go down. You know, it's it's too detailed as opposed to, like, you know, broad instructions. Yeah. Um, but I should try this as a, as a caster at some point if I end up playing it again. Yep. Um, Matthew says via contact. Uh, I mentioned this in Slack a few days ago. Uh, hey, Matthew. Uh, but I wanted to mention it here, too. 
The weapon art for the Bone Wheel Shield, the spin attack, will stagger the Nameless King 100% of the time if the hit lands, or if every hit lands. Time it right, and you can keep him in a stagger loop. I believe a speedrunner, Distortion 2, discovered uh, this source. And there's a YouTube link that'll be in the show notes. And he ends with saying, spin to win. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Distortion 2 is the guy um, who is the like the, the kind of hot shit Dark Souls speedrunner. Hmm. Um, who's been, he did uh, Bloodborne stuff and he did uh, Dark Souls 3 things as the record for, for Dark Souls 3. And Dark Souls 3 is still a, uh, Bloodborne kind of became a shitty speedrun to watch. Right. Because uh, it's all about this glitch that causes enemies not to, their AI not to load, so they just stand there. Yeah. But Dark Souls 3 has some pretty good speedruns uh, hmm. to it because I, my understanding is you still have to fight things. That's uh, good. That's kind of yeah. what I want. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I want to watch people just like own bosses. That's why I watch speedruns. So, yeah. or at least, you know, and weird little tricks. So it's cool to, to find that trick because I never would have thought using the bone bone wheel shield. I've never had one drop in the entirety of my souls uh, <laughs> career. It is so. your balder side sword. Except I don't actually want it. But like, <laughs> other than that, like that's it's my balder side sword, but I would just throw it away. Like I've thrown away all the dozens of balder side swords I've gotten since. So anyway, moment of silence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I just I just wanted you to be uncomfortable. Uh, Dylan writes in via contact, and this is the last one here. Um, not really an interesting insight into Archdragon Peak, but I figured uh, that it would make for a neat story to share. While waiting for the Ashes of Ariandel DLC to download, I was finishing the main campaign on my newest build, uh, running through the Grand Archives and Archdragon Peak. While doing this, I felt it would be a prime way to finally listen to the Kingsfield 4 episodes of Bonfireside Chat to maximize the hype for the DLC and to get me in the mood. Upon defeating the Nameless King for the second time ever, immediately after landing the final blow, the clip of Radiohead's Knives Out, which you were comparing to a song in Kingsfield, came on, and I had myself a little celebratory Radiohead jam along with a, <laughs> along with a little dance. Aw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, serendipity. Also, yeah. just like listen to the Kingsfield Four soundtrack every day. Yeah, the Ancient City soundtrack is yeah. phenomenal. I'm so I'm so excited. Riff is playing through that now. Oh, he is. And like, he, yeah, he got past the hump too. Like, mm. he, at first he was just like, "Man, these controls are the worst." And I'm like, "Stick <laughs> with it, Riff." Like he, like he got in. Like he got the uh, the first uh, uh, healing fountain stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's in it. Like he's he's deep in it. <laughs> it's so um, good. Yeah, it's it's very good. Is I he, might like is he cataloging that somewhere? Or? I I don't think so. Yeah. He might be though. Um, I I might just like replay that at some point just for pleasure. Like I I want to replay the earlier Kingsfield games as well, but mm-hmm. like Ancient City is very good. Yeah, Ancient City would be a good one to stream. I think actually. Yeah. Like that would be useful for people who either can't get a hold of it, don't have the hardware to play it right now, or don't have the patience to get over that. Yeah, like I just don't feed- don't want to get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I w- I would get used to that water again because <laughs> it's like it's it's well worth it. Mm. Um. Yeah, so very cool. Thank you, everybody, for for writing in. Um, if you have things to say about the Ashes of Ariandel or the Endgame, because yep. um, we're going to record that uh, soon, go ahead and hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Um, note about the Endgame, that is, uh, like all of our notes, that is, uh, we want to hear about the last boss fight and kind of your your take on the ending is not, it's not your, you know, space to put in like a two-page review of the game. Right. So general, it's not like kind of a wrap-up that is uh, specifically about that area. Yep. Um, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. If you have something to say about both of them, please send them in under separate contacts. Yeah, just reload the page. Um, that helps us file them away so one doesn't get lost. Yes. Yeah. If you want to support this show, go to uh, duckfeed.tv 
slash Patreon or patreon.com slash DuckVTV. Either of those work because I misspeak that enough to make a redirect necessary. (laughs) But uh, uh, we have a Patreon campaign uh, that is... uh, uh, been going fantastically thanks to the generosity and support of our of our listeners uh, lots of new projects go and check those out uh, we uh, have a another uh, tier between uh, between where we're at now and the uh, the final fantasy show that we want to do Gary do you want to describe what that is what that show is yeah um, that is uh heartbeat city uh, heartbeat city is a Boy, um, like a weekly um, advice, love and relationship advice show that is patterned after uh, late night drive radio. So um, it has kind of an aesthetic. Um, the idea being that uh, there's a voicemail, there's a Google voice number that I don't want to release yet because I don't want to, you know, I will once the show gets uh, gets out there, mm-hmm. um, where you call and you leave a question or a prompt or a discussion thing, uh, mostly a question, something you want advice uh, in the realm of the heart sphere. And then uh, myself and a guest uh, we'll discuss it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that is the show. Um, it is, uh, you know, kind of born out of, uh, other, some of our other shows, Abject Suffering, um, when we used to do duck feed live, things like that. Uh, people responding well to relationship talk. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've done a whole lot of dating. Um, <laughs> obviously not, you know, I, I, you know, still date, like I'm, I'm currently have a, have a, a lady MCN, but it is, uh, you know, that, that experience should go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I always like hearing about that stuff because it makes me feel less alone. Like if somebody talks about an experience they've had um, in the realm of the, the heart, uh, it always, I, I like that stuff. Yeah. So that is the show. Um, I think it'll be really, really cool. Um, you can go on our, if you are a patron, you can go ahead and see uh, kind of an update that talks about that. Uh, the theme song is up there. And uh, that's kind of the music for the show. There's going to be musical bumpers and stuff like that. So it is going to be kind of a synth wave kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Nagel print. My uh, city kind of thing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get there. Um, if you uh, if you like the show, you can rate and review it on iTunes. Uh, that's very helpful. And you can join us on uh, Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash bonfire side chat. There's been a lot of uh, kind of rumblings about the future of the show. Yeah. There. Go there and check out the both the suggestions and also kind of uh, some announcements about uh, kind of the, the, the upcoming off season slash mm-hmm. like what the show will eventually be absolutely yeah yeah cool i don't know if we have any uh deleted scenes after this but uh, no i think i don't think so i think this is this is it yeah cool so uh take care everybody we'll see you next week with uh with some talk about the dlc umbasa and we all pray that we will have far more soon 